What's going on, everybody? Um, welcome to another episode of You Said It Best, Brother. Um, looking forward to today's episode where you not only get to hear from me, but you also get to hear from a fan of the pod. Um, if you've been listening, then you've heard him before. Uh, Danny D, back again. <laughs> yep, back. Back again with the white vans, if you will. <laughs> As the kids say. <laughs> I don't think kids are saying that anymore, but I think we are as uh, I, elder I think I've never correct, <laughs> but I'm here for correct. it. I'm here for it. But yes, I'm looking forward to today's episode um, where we're going to talk about something that I think both of us are pretty passionate about and hopefully you guys are too, uh, but going to be talking about um, horror movies and we're going to be doing a, a Mount Rushmore. So just to kind of clarify with what we're doing, um, you know, we all have our favorites. We all have movies that we think are, are very good. Um, however, what, what we're going to be talking about today are movies that we may think are, are really good, some of our favorites, but even more so are, are impactful in some way. So, you know, just like the real Mount Rushmore, you know, as um, four not five, as um, I thought yesterday before I did some research. <laughs> um, uh, um, four movies that um, that both of us feel have been super impactful to the horror genre. So, um, Dan, I don't know about you, but this was this was super hard. No, yeah, right? this when when we talked and we agreed to like a Mount Rushmore, and then I also quickly realized there's only four. Four slots on the mouth. My dad would be disappointed. The history teacher would be like, what are you doing? Oh, yeah. He'd be devastated. Don't let him hear this one. Um, but no, I was like, I don't I don't know if I could pick four. And I mean, I did. But this, this was a lot more difficult than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, 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 yeah. So um, we're going to be kind of going, yeah, again, we both chose four. Um, we did not talk to each other really at all um, about what our top four are going to be. So uh, we may, we're both going to be surprised by each other's choices and we may have both chosen uh, some similar ones here. So uh, we can kind of go back and forth there, um, but not really going to be doing like a super, super deep dive on each movie. Um, Dan may have had more notes than I did. I don't know. Um, but um, just kind of going to, yeah, going to talk about the impact that these movies had. So um Dan, before we really get started, um, the fans don't really care because uh, it was on my last pod, and if they really want to know, they can go listen to it. Um, but how did you uh, how did you get into horror? You, know, you mentioned that you were going to talk about this right before we got on, and I was like, yeah, totally, I can answer that. But I don't – that's a loaded question, and I can't tell you the, – the first time that I remember – seeing a horror movie the first three horror movies i remember seeing were the ring okay um the hills have eyes remake and saw and i just it felt i guess you know you and i have similar upbringings we grew up probably pretty conservative um and it just it just felt like something i wasn't supposed to be doing mm -hmm. like i wasn't supposed to be watching um and it was it just felt exciting, you know, and I didn't mind the fact I didn't mind the feeling of being mm -hmm. scared like that adrenaline rush of, of, you know, seeing Samara come through the TV or um, finally seeing the, the images from the videotape and thinking, Oh my gosh, mm -hmm. this is so creepy. 
you know um yeah. it was un- it was just unlike any movie or media i'd experienced before you know so it was just it was just all downhill from there or uphill there you go. I don't know. or uphill it depends <laughs> yeah one could one could argue i would Correct. say more uphill um Correct. but yeah 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 so sorry i forgot to prep my ipad before cuz i do have some notes and stuff on here as well um but okay, awesome. Well, thank you for sharing. Uh, yeah, I think you're you're correct. You know, part of that uh, that conservative upbringing, upbringing and everything um, definitely definitely played a part in in my early exposure. Um, so um, yeah, well, so go ahead. And one last thing, it's you know my birthday is in October, mm-hmm. right? And like October just is the is my favorite time of the year between like playoff baseball, NBA. Horror movies, fall, all that stuff, all wrapped mm-hmm. my birthday, all wrapped into one. It just, they just remind me of my favorite time of the year as well. Sure. So, yeah, no, awesome, awesome, cool, cool, cool. Well, thank you for sharing. Um, let's uh, let's take just a super quick break, uh, and we will hop right into our Mount Rushmore. All right, cool, cool, cool. Welcome back, everybody. So, um. Let's go ahead and get started. I'm pretty excited uh, to talk about yeah what I think are what I've rated my four most impactful horror movies of all time. So um, this is going to be super subjective for each person, I think. And I think uh, I don't know. I might have some surprises here. I don't know about you, but uh, looking forward to sharing. So uh, Dan, again as the guest, I, I will let you. Uh, I'll let you lead us off. I'll let you go first. <clears throat> okay. Um, yeah, I might. I probably have a surprise or two as well. And it's just the nature of it with, you can only choose four, but, um, and before I don't want to interrupt you, but you also but have I'm a little to. bit more. Ex- I'm going to anyways, uh, you have more exposure to horror than I do. So I feel like you're, uh, like just, you know, through, through your work and your side jobs and everything, you got that shutter subscription. So you, mm-hmm. you may know of some other stuff that, you know, I've kind of stuck to more mainstream stuff through the years. Right. So yeah. Anyways, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. I sincerely apologize, but it's my podcast. So I'm going to do so, it. So as I was saying, so the first movie that I've picked is, um, and you, you could probably guess it, it's Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah. I knew um, you were going to choose that one. I, <laughs> I'll tell anybody who will listen. It's not necessarily <laughs> my favorite, but I will tell anybody who will listen. That is arguably the, the most important one of the most important horror movies ever made. Um, mm-hmm. First and foremost, just because it was the way Toby Hooper filmed it, right? Completely mm-hmm. and totally unknown actors. Um, based was, The budget was like 130000 mm-hmm. I think. Um, it's And it just feels visceral it just feels raw what a good vocab like from, I, thank you thank you um and like from the title you know based on the crimes of like ed gein loosely mm-hmm. um and the way he was able to do it with very little blood he was actually shooting for like a pg-13 rating at first mm-hmm. And so the reality is like the title is kind of misleading and he did that on purpose as well. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing I really like, I guess that kind of leads into, it was one of the more, 
when you do the the research on it, it's one of the more politically motivated horror movies. And I don't know mm-hmm. that many had done that until then. You know, like it, it's a commentary on like um, the meat industry, um, how Americans consume violent media. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like the the images of the Vietnam War were all over the screen, and it was kind of like, you know, like we, are we showing this on TV? You know, it was kind of a commentary on like what, what, how gruesome can we get it? And also even the, the based on a true story, like Mm -hmm. it's not, but it also kind of is. And it was a commentary on like the government being like, oh yes, this is what it's, this is what's true. Well, not everything they say to us is, or was true, especially around that time with like Watergate, the Vietnam war uh, and that kind of thing. And I also think it, there's also very little blood. Which is surprising um, for a movie called Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Right. I mean, there's on, only one person actually gets killed on screen with the chainsaw. There's only, mm-hmm. I think, four victims, which, you know, seems like a small massacre. <laughs> but um, right, it, it, it's and it also the fact that he was shooting for PG limited blood and still wound up originally with like an X rating. I think mm-hmm. speaks to also like just the suspense and intensity that he put into everything aside from outright violence and gore, you know? Sure. So, sure. No. And I think, uh, I, I think that's cool. Uh, you kind of touched on like, you know, truth and what is truth based on a true story. Like, I don't know about you and I don't want to get too far ahead of myself here, but um, I think some of the best horror movies are things that are, either based on truth or make us believe that it's based on truth. You know what I mean? Right. So, yeah. Um, but I don't, again, don't want to get ahead. Um, I, yeah, I'm going to save some of that for later. So um, that's all you got. Texas Chainsaw. Um, yeah. I mean, I could go on honestly, but <laughs> we can, we can start, we can stop there. I just, I, it, and then you try to make it as believable as possible by casting like totally unknown actors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, to like f- f- lend that like true story feel to it. Sure. You know, sure. That was a movie that I hadn't watched until, you know, I think I talked about a little bit of this on my last pod with Halloween Horror Nights is like, I had not watched that movie until HHN did a, a house for it a couple of years mm-hmm. ago. Um, and, you know, I would agree with you that, you know, it is very, very realistic in the sense of like, all right, like, I could see some of this probably happening in a very small town in Texas. Just, you know, you read all these different stories of, um, you know, like murders and, and different things happening. It's like, that's, that's pretty believable. So mm-hmm. yeah, I, I think, I think, I think that's fun. So the dinner table scene has stuck with me. Oh my gosh. <laughs> for years. Absolute I, I, years. That family dynamic is so interesting. I'm just like, I, you know, none of us have as messed up families as we think that we do. So Right. And even if you want to look at that, it's like a deconstruction of like the nuclear family at the yeah. time. It was like, you know, the family unit around the 60s and 70s was just changing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was like he just took that dynamic and completely gutted it and then flipped it on its head. Yeah. You know, I think the, the real, um, you know moral of the story is don't be a single father of two kids so or three sorry three sons there it is <laughs> made it pretty basic there okay awesome mm-hmm. well perfect so your first mount rushmore got texas chainsaw so there we go i like it i knew you're going there 
Well, I didn't know. I would have been surprised just with, you know, in our conversations in the past, right. I would have been surprised if you hadn't put it right there. So awesome. All right. Well, I'm going to go ahead and go with my first one. Um, my first choice and what I think is most impactful um, is the 2017 film Get Out by Jordan Peele. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I think, I think, I think, um, I think it's gotta be on there. You know, we're looking at a modern Mount Rushmore, I guess, in my sense. Um, it's, it's Jordan Peele's first movie. You know, it's, it's funny, but also just, it really says a lot about, about society and not, you know, talked a little bit about Texas Chainsaw and some of the political commentary. Like, I feel like we kind of got away from that with horror movies for a while. Right. You know, you look at like the 20, like 2000s and even like early 2010s, you saw a lot of, I mean, they, not that they were bad, but um, I felt like it, not a lot of meaning, but the hidden symbolism and satire and commentary on society and tackling really tough topics like racism in America in present day, not like past, you know, this is like what's going on right now, um, I think is going to be a, a blueprint for, for modern horror for a long time. Um, I think this was arguably one of the best made horror movies of all time. Um, again, not, not super scary. Um, but like, if I'm just looking at like Rotten Tomatoes scores, I'm pretty sure it's pretty high up there, which Rotten Tomatoes is not the end all be all. Don't want to, don't want to assume that. Um, but I think it is a good, I think it is a good baseline for us though. Right. Um, right. Like, and I think what's cool about this movie and some of this, I guess, a little subjective for me is after seeing Get Out and then listening to some other podcasts kind of talking about that symbolism, talking about the meanings of everything, it made me really start to try and tackle movies through a different lens, you know, through a lens of not taking things off face value. What is this trying to tell me? Uh, like I remember sitting through Nope, which is Jordan Peele's third movie, and I was like, all right. I got to try and pick up on the little cues. What is he trying to tell me right here? You know? And I, I was amazed at the end when I was able to actually come up with some of the stuff I was like, you know, not just a consumer of content, but a, somebody who is like learning something, taking something and trying to apply something, you know, to, uh, to life. So, um, I, I think, which maybe, I guess maybe kind of a hot take because it's only been six years, but I think in the next 10, 20 years, I think we're going to see more and more movies like, like get out, you know, where people are willing to take risks, um, have fun. You know, I, I think this movie was just, I, I thought it was a lot of fun. You know, I watch it every mm -hmm. year. Um, I mean, some great acting in there, a great cast. Unlike, uh, unlike Texas Chainsaw, there's a lot of big names um, that, that came through on this one. But um, yeah, just a lot of that symbolism and everything, I thought, um, I, th I think it's going to lay the groundwork for what's to come. So mm. I guess maybe that is a little bit of a hot take because again, it's been six years, but I'm going to go ahead and put it on there. Yeah. And I, I mean, yeah, you could argue that's a hot take, but like at the end of the day, I do think... <clears throat> I think probably not only for you as well. I think a lot of people took that. And I think that's, that's one of the hallmarks of like good media in general is mm -hmm. the way it challenges us to view not just other movies or other pieces of media, but even just like the world around us in a different mm -hmm. way. You for know, sure. like if somebody didn't know about, um, you know, the black experience in America, 
you know, Mm -hmm. it might ask them or at least lead them to think, you know, like, oh, I didn't know that any of this was going on or I didn't know that's how this worked or that worked, you know, and then that that changes the way they interact with the world around them. And I think that's a really important aspect of like horror movies. So, I mean, hot take, maybe, but I think that's a really good um, modern pick. Yeah. So I'll take it. I'll take it. Um, One of my favorite scenes that I just like going back was like when uh not I guess not favorite scenes, but when when Rose and I missed this the first time, but at the end of the movie, um when she's just sitting on her bed trying to pick her next victim basically and she's eating fruit loops and her the the fruit loops which are have color, right? And her milk are separate. You know, it was like just like little things like that. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, man, mm-hmm. like it's so good. So good. So I, I think it's a smart movie and I think a lot of people are gonna have to I guess, try harder going forward. You know, it raises the bar. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. but that's me. That's my first choice. So okay. unless if you have anything else to add, I'll let you uh, go on to your second pick. No, not um, pick because we're not drafting. I want to clarify. Right. This is the second face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> face number two. Okay. Um, dang. You maybe want to rethink this whole thing. and pick more modern ones, but um, I think for my second, I'm going with psycho. Okay. Um, nice. And I hope you didn't pick. Not that I hope you didn't, but you know, mm-hmm. I want to talk about as many different ones as we can. But um, for sure. I I remember watching this one for the first time too. Me too. And it just yeah, for you it was like what I watched it last night, twenty minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> and and I was. I was younger and I remember it starting in black and white. And I guess back then it was like, this is going to be an old movie. This is going to be so lame. Mm -hmm. And I just, it just reeled me in. It hooked me, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that it's, it's the earliest, it's the earliest form of like a slasher Mm -hmm. that we have. Yeah. I think. Um, And so I credit it as such. Right. And so I don't, I don't, and in the larger, in a broader sense, I think you don't have the horror genre today without Psycho. Because I think for a lot of people, you know, I mean, we've got a lot of pretty wild movies on our lists, I would imagine. Mm-hmm. You know, but for mm-hmm. a lot of people, a lot of casual horror fans, their go-tos are your Friday the 13th, Halloween, mm-hmm. Nightmare on Elm Street. Those are all slashers. Yeah. It, it's one of the more um, easily accessible um, subgenres of horror. Mm-hmm. And I don't think you have that without um, Psycho. Um, and I think another For cool sure. point that I, I saw when I was kind of researching it is prior to that, a lot of horror was this kind of sort of gothic um, haunted house, ghost story type mm-hmm. things, which is not bad, but like Psycho was real to right. an extent, you know, mm-hmm. um, it felt like it could happen anywhere, just a hotel on the side of the road. Right. Um, and it was also pretty transgressive with its, um, with its imagery and themes and things like that. And even, even the marketing, you know, like Alfred Hitchcock went out of his way to basically tell theaters and people like, do not talk about it. Don't let people in after it starts. He put out ads in papers. He paid cinemas. They paid cinemas not to let people in. Um, mm-hmm. and it, 
it just, I think it even changed the way people viewed movies in general. Cause I think a lot of times the way they played back then, I could be wrong. Um, but a lot of the times they played, it just played back to back. So people, it was a little more common for people to come in halfway, three fourths of the way through the movie and then just stay mm-hmm. and, and catch what they missed. But with right. this, it was like, don't, don't do that. You will miss the whole point of the movie. You know, you'll miss all the twists. The twist won't make any sense, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then of course you have the shower scene, which is yeah. arguably one of, not just in horror, arguably one of the most iconic scenes in movie history. Yeah. So, yeah, 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 for sure. And one note on the, uh, the Alfred Hitchcock stuff is apparently that marketing actually led to an increase of sales. So, you know, like the theaters mm-hmm. were actually super nervous to do some of that stuff. And it actually, I think led to some positive hype. So, um, definitely ended up, uh, playing in, in his favor and the movie theaters favor. Right. Um, and I kind of alluded to this earlier, um, slash explicitly said it. I literally watched this movie for the first time last night. Um, as I was prepping for the pod, I kept seeing Psycho pop up. I was like, man, I have never seen that movie. Am I a horror movie fraud? So I was like, let me at least watch that one. And I really enjoyed it. Honestly, it was, it was very good. Um, the action sequences I thought were just okay, but you're right. It does kind of say, I, I think it, it kicks off the, the slasher franchise. Um, and mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of fun, a lot of, uh, practical effects that went into it. Um, mm-hmm. a great, 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 great movie. And I think you're right. Like mm-hmm. we may have not had some of those like eighties classic slashers, if not for, if not for psycho. So, right. Yeah. Solid choice. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. The right. only choices I make. <laughs> Except for when you choose um, California as your number one Blink-182 choice. So anyways, uh, I'm going to move on. Uh, uh, well, okay. That's we <laughs> another pod. We talked about it already, but I'm going to bring mm-hmm. it up again. All right. Awesome. Um, any more thoughts on Psycho before we, uh, before we go on? Mm-mm. I nope. do not. All right. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, so for my um, second face from Mount Rushmore, I am going to choose the 1935 classic Bride of Frankenstein. Um, yeah, I think we would be doing a disservice to horror as a genre if we didn't talk about Universal Monsters at all. You You're know, correct. Like if we if we look back from 1931 to 1956, they made over 40 horror movies. And some of them are great. Some of them are not so great, but you know, they, they really laid the groundwork for, for what was to come. Um, whether it be from an effects standpoint to a storytelling standpoint, um, universal monsters really, um, really did a good job of, uh, of bringing some classic tales to life. Um, arguably bride was one of the best that they created it's my favorite too so this is an example of me taking a favorite slash also i think it was super impactful um so um and i think bride specifically is important because it it kind of allowed for the horror sequel to happen you know that movie picked up right as frankenstein the original one was was ending you know, and then it went right into this whole new story, right? Introduced mm-hmm. new characters, did all this, but also kept with the story that they'd already built in that that universe. So um, I'm not going to say that we wouldn't have the sequel, quote unquote, today, if um, mm-hmm. 
if not for this movie, but um, they executed it really well. And um, I think, you know, it, it kind of, again, I think inspired people um, going forward. So I honestly didn't have a ton of notes on, on Bride. Um, but I think again, Universal Monsters is, they're iconic and I, I have to have them up there on my Mount Rushmore. Mm-hmm. Good call. Thanks. All right. Any Good thoughts? Call. No, um, other than, I'm, I mean, I think, I really do think that the term universal monsters speaks for itself. So I don't, I don't know that a lot of notes are really needed. Cause I, yeah, I think that even for a casual movie fan, um, mm-hmm. if I say Frankenstein, the first image that's going to pop into their head is that universal Frankenstein. If you say yeah. Dracula, the first image that's going to come into their head is, is Bela Lugosi, you know, right. Even, even mummy. Well, I mean, I guess Tom know, Cruise, v- Tom Cruise version is the superior. <laughs> I can't even say it with a straight face. Um, but the, no, I mean, the Brendan Fraser one is, yes, the, yeah. is, is a really good remake, but mm-hmm. I think as um, I think that Boris Karloff image comes up for a lot yeah. of people when you say mummy sure. as, as frequently as, mm-hmm. as the 99 one. Um, so no, I think you're right. You can't, you can't talk about it without talking about um, those films. Yeah. So, all right. Well, that one was quick and sweet. Um, we're halfway done so far. So let's take a just quick break, um, but let's recap really quick. So, so far for Dan's Mount Rushmore, we've got Texas Chainsaw and Psycho. So can you imagine seeing Leatherface and Norman Bates up on a big mountain? That'd be freaking terrifying. Incredible. <laughs> and then for me, we've got um, Get Out, which I don't know. I guess Daniel Kluwa's character would have to be the face that they choose, I suppose. I think you're right. And then um, Bride of Frankenstein, also screaming with her, you know, ah, so big hair. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, the exactly. tallest peak. The tallest oh. peak of them all. <laughs> all right. Let's take a, let's take a quick break and we'll come back and get the last half. Cool. All right. Welcome back, everybody. Um, let's, uh, yeah, I, I'm excited to talk about the last half. These next two for me are probably, I have more content on these. So I'm looking forward to chatting. And then, Dan, I'm looking forward to see uh, what your next one is. So let's go ahead and uh, we'll give you the floor before I interrupt I, you. Again. Well, I'm glad you have more content on yours because I actually have less content on mine too. Not because I don't like them. I just, uh-huh. I picked my first two and was so hyped. Mm-hmm. I just didn't put a lot of content into these two. Anyway, number three. Um, and this was what I was telling you when I said I had a, probably a, a lukewarm take. I wouldn't say this is a hot take because it's a really good movie and a really mm-hmm. popular horror movie. But um, I'm going to go with The Fly, 1986. Interesting. Okay. All right. Um, be, and this is also more of like a personal. There's some personal stuff in this one as well. Um, and that one of my favorite subgenres is body horror. Mm-hmm. And I think that David Cronenberg is the person you think of when you think body horror. Um, yeah. The special effects in that movie, the practical effects in that movie are For absolutely sure. disgusting. Jeff Goldblum <laughs> looks like a straight up monster at the end. Right. And, and that's the way he's supposed to look, you know? Right. Um, And it's, it's absolutely 
nauseating, you know, <laughs> and like, even on like, and I think what makes it is, and I've read a lot of things too. It's like, there was like four or five other actors who either were passed over or decided they didn't want to do it because it was so gross. And so, but I think you, you, this movie's not what it is if you don't have Jeff Goldblum as sort of a quote mad scientist doing sure. these things. Um, and I think it's, it's interesting on a lot of levels. On one, it's, it's just a straight film. I think it's fun mm-hmm. to watch Jeff Goldblum be absolutely bonkers and then just fall apart literally as the movie mm-hmm. goes on. For but sure. two, um, Cronenberg likes to do a lot of disease concept movies. Um, but he's, he's stated as like, I don't like to, to use them as like um, just vehicles of like degradation. It's more of like vehicles of like personal transformation is I think how mm-hmm. he's put it, you know, um, it's almost from the view of like the disease. It's like, how is this going to change the person? And mm-hmm. I, I think, physically is a very visible manifestation of like the way things affect us, the way things like a cancer diagnosis or even an AIDS diagnosis. I think he's come on and said like um, the fly is kind of a loose allegory for the, for the AIDS pandemic at the time. Um, Okay. And so in that sense, I think that in the body horror genre, I think that's one of the best, if not the best examples of it. Um, and I think it's probably his best, in my opinion, that's his best movie um, sure. is the fly. And I, I don't think that I'd seen a lot of body horror before I saw this. And I, mm-hmm. when I saw it, I was like, I have to see more of this as gross as it was. It was like, it just, it got to you, you know? And mm-hmm. I guess that's what good, good media um, musically, cinematically, whatever does to you. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, I, have absolutely nothing to add about this movie because I actually haven't seen it. Um, but it did pop up on some of my research um, when I was looking at, I was, you know, I was just watching some YouTube right. videos, like most impactful. Um, not that these takes aren't my own, but I did mm-hmm. take some inspired notes from them. Right. Um, but I think, yeah, I just seeing, I, I agree with you. Some of the, like the effects and everything. That's one thing that they really talked about. And um, they also mentioned Jeff Goldblum, like, may have got passed over for awards for how good of a job that he did. Yeah. And it was nominated um, for some things specifically like makeup and stuff like that. But I, I think you're right. I think, I think the makeup was almost so good that it overshadowed his actual performance. Right. Which I mean is is good and bad. Yeah. Like what's this monster on screen right now? Oh, it's Jeff Goldblum. This is Jeff Goldblum. Pre Jurassic park, you know, Mm -hmm. posing. You can't see me because uh, you're. It's not a video podcast, but I'm like sitting sideways, like he does in Jurassic Park when he's looking right. for a he, future. He's implying. Album. He's implying the pose. <laughs> the pose. You oh. know. You know the one. The, the pose. Yeah. 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 The ladies know. Yeah. Um. All right. Awesome. So, good. Solid third choice. Um. Yeah. So again, wish I had more to add. I'll have to look at it someday. I'll get there. So, um, my third face. I don't know how this is going to be a face, but this is um, this is one of those examples of maybe not my favorite movie in this genre, but I still think it's the most impactful. Um, I'm going to choose the 1999 film, The Blair Witch Project. So from a just like from found footage like this is this is it. You know, this is the original, Mm -hmm. um, maybe not original. There's probably some stuff before, but Mm -hmm. when 
when we think about found footage, this is, this is how it started. You know, this movie walked so that paranormal activity could run, you know, um, it, this, I, I think this movie was really good too. Cause it, took a kind of a page i think out of the jaws book where kind of like an unseen horror you know where um you know i think terrifying things are happening but you don't know who it's happening to so that's not an original thought but i think it's i, I think they do a really good job of showing it um this is also one of the most profitable independent films of all time. So kind of allowed for independent movie makers to be out there instead of just, you know, um, the big guys like universal or whomever, you know, uh, pumping out great stuff. Um, this movie also did a great job of making theme, making things feel incredibly authentic. You know, we talked a little bit earlier about things that were real, like, they created a website, you know, with like missing persons report mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. uh, police reports, you know, um, and this was actually one of the first films to actually use the internet for promotion and to really, really get out there. Um, so I, 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 I don't love the movie. I've only seen it one time. Um, it was good. Uh, but again, I think, um, I think what they're able to accomplish and how they make you, the viewer feel, um, and really kind of make you feel like you're living the experience with these, with these actors is, mm -hmm. is incredibly done. Um, and I kind of mentioned some of this, the spinoffs, not spinoffs, but what it inspired, but Paranormal Activity, Cloverfield, VHS, you know, all of those things probably wouldn't have happened if not for the Blair Witch Project success. Mm -hmm. So any thoughts? Um, yeah, that was going to be my fourth. Um, oh, but I can pull. Sorry. No, 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 no. You're fine. I think I can. I can pull something together here, but all the only thing to add is um, I think you hit it all very, very well. Um, one of the first movies to utilize the internet, it's marketing um, pr probably the, that it's not the first found footage, but it's the first, I think most effective one because it uses mm -hmm. the internet, you know, mm -hmm. and when you talk about it today and enlisted on things like influential and scary movies, you know, younger audiences, and this is not a knock, don't think this is a knock, you know, it's like, oh, that's not that scary. You know, it's like, mm -hmm. but at the time, there Terrifying. were a lot of people who didn't even know whether this was a, was real or not. Yeah. Because 100%. of the way it was marketed. I mm -hmm. mean, it was like, you couldn't even open the paper without seeing um, articles about like scariest, mo art, you know, quote, audiences calling this the scariest movie ever made. Is it real? Is the right. Blair Witch real? You know, are these people still missing and stuff like that? It's, it yeah. was, it was the, it was the definition of at that time, a cultural phenomenon. It totally changed the way found footage and even movies in general, horror movies were marketed. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think one small little tidbit that I loved when I was doing some research Um one award that this movie was nominated for was the worst screen debut for Heather, Michael, Josh, the stick people and the world's longest lasting batteries. <laughs> I was like, that's so good. That's perfect. Oh, man. Um, so, you know, it, 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 again, it was a, it was a good movie. I think it had some kind of mixed reviews from critics and everything, but um, again, I think both of us kind of hit like, Mm -hmm. super super well done and laid the groundwork for a lot of other mm -hmm. things so cool um now i know you said i kind of took your last pick so mm -hmm. 
are you ready to go right now or do you want me to do my fourth one really quick and then no i think i think i got it i think i got all right floor is yours pal um i am going to go with um i'm gonna follow your lead and pick something a little more modern and go with um hereditary okay yep um and i know that this this I personally don't think it's a hot take, um, but yep. I know that people either really love this movie in Ari Aster mm-hmm. or they really hate this movie in Ari yep. Aster. I've never heard anybody be like, oh, he's okay. It was all right. It, yeah, it was, a, it was fine. Um, but like you said, I've seen a lot of horror movies. Okay. Yep. And I'd seen a lot of horror movies before this one. And I can't tell you the effect this one had on me. Like, I mm-hmm. think I was watching it with shoulders tensed like this. It is absolutely, it totally changed the way that I thought of modern horror, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, it's 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 long. You don't see yep. a lot of movies, um, horror movies that long. And every second of it feels like heavy. Yeah. You know, it starts with a death. Another death propels it, you know, and it's. I don't want to use the word visceral again, but it's such a raw depiction of like a family falling apart because of, of grief, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and just the way, um, even the, the name of the movie, you know, like hereditary, it's like family units carry on trauma, trauma carries, you know? Yeah. And I know that that's a, that's a, hot button topic or like a cliche thing to talk about in horror and things like right now, but like it's, it's not wrong. Like those kinds of things carry generationally, if not dealt with, you know, Mm -hmm. couple that with the grief of losing a loved one and, and losing a loved one that you had a complicated relationship with. Um, and, and motherhood, you know, yeah. Tony Collette was an absolute force to be reckoned with in this movie. Worst mother Um, ever question mark or no i wouldn't say worst i don't know because i mean psycho was on this list so no, you no. know <laughs> so there's a lot of bad horror moms um <laughs> and we could put Ms. her in the category probably correct gotta be up there oh, man she's a psycho speaking of psychos um mm-hmm. yeah and i and i just it affected me in a way that i wasn't prepared for when i started it you know, yeah. I started it because I wanted to watch, you know, a movie about, you know, the occult, you know, the, the, yeah. the cult themes to it, you know, and those are, those are, he does those well, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But just the, the heaviness of it stuck with me for a very long time and it quickly became one of my favorites. I can't watch it very often though, because it's so intense, but I will, mm-hmm. I will put it up there as one of my favorites of all time. There you go. There you go. Yeah, I'll, I will. Uh, I'll accept that. No, it's a good choice. Um, that's one I've only seen, only seen once. Um, I, but it was. I, I really liked it. Um, Ari Aster, another one of the great modern minds. I think you know we talked about Get Out earlier, laying a blueprint. But I think Ari Aster has kind of gone along a similar path, right? You know, talking about very important topics, um, all of which you kind of kind of touched on and mentioned, um, and the A twenty four. Just. Uh, what are they? Studio. Studio. Thank you. I don't know why that word just like. 
it was escaping me. Um, what is that place? What is it? What is an A24? Um, the A24 studio, you know, um, I think has, has cemented itself as a, as another one of those great modern, uh, modern, modern studios. So, um, yeah, no, I, I like that one. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the argument can be made and you made it. Thank you. I got you. All right. <laughs> time for, uh, time for my last one. And let's go. Um, so for my last face, um, it's going to be my namesake, Michael Myers and Halloween. I knew so it. So I, I think, you know, you talked a lot about the slasher earlier mm-hmm. um, with Psycho and also a little bit with Texas Chainsaw. But I, I, I felt like, I feel like Halloween really revamped it um, and, and brought it to like a pop culture you know, and, and got the ball rolling, you know, you see what followed it in, um, Friday the 13th and nightmare on Elm street. Like, I think, um, I, I think Halloween's just, it, it still stands up to this day. You know, I can watch it. Um, it's still scary. It's incredibly made. Um, I'm sorry. Let me look at some of my notes. So I'll, and you know, it really launched John Carpenter's career, which was awesome. Jamie Lee Curtis, came from this, which, you know, I think we're all pretty thankful for that. Yes, absolutely. Um, the way that they incorporated kills from the killer's perspective, you know, like the movie introduces us through the eyes of Michael Myers in mm-hmm. killing his older sister. It's like, I'm sure that it happened before, but I, it's the first time it's the oldest movie that I remember that really, really puts you in that perspective where you just like, you want to escape, you know, you're stuck mm-hmm. in the body of a killer at that moment in time. You're like, I want to be anywhere, but here. And I think, you know, that's incredibly well. Um, you know, it's launched 13 different movies over, you know, what, 40 years, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know. I, I think that this has to be up there, even talking about, um, you know, like the whole final girl concept, mm-hmm. um, killing off promiscuous characters, a lot of, you know, different tropes that you see either mm-hmm. honored in future movies or even acknowledged as like tropes for, uh, for like the genre mm-hmm. and they make fun of it, you know, but, right. um, yeah, I, I just, I love Halloween. Um, it's one of my favorite slashers and, um, I think it has to be, uh, Michael deserves his respect. So, yeah, no, I think you're right. And that was that it was hard for me to not put that one mm-hmm. on my on my um most influential. But I felt like I couldn't I personally felt like I didn't want to put Psycho and Halloween both roughly similar, not the same. Mm-hmm. But I I understand <laughs> they're not the same movie, but similar movies on there. Sure. Um and yeah. I I think that Arguably, Psycho is the more, for me, quote, influential. Uh, okay. But. Yeah. No, I, mm-hmm. I think, and that's a fair argument, too. You know, it's like that, I guess, was older and did inspire mm-hmm. the future. So totally mm-hmm. fair. Um, I just think, like, part of a progression, I guess, Halloween right. is up there. But, you know, argument can be made for both. Um, also, the score is tremendous. I love that John Carpenter wrote it in an hour after somebody told him that the movie wasn't scary enough. So he was just like, well, let me whip this out. Mm-hmm. And it's incredible. It's so good. Yeah. Like, Oh, you want I, scary. <laughs> I'll, I'll give you scary. Mm-hmm. Give you some, uh, shoot. My music knowledge is failing me, whatever it is, you know, what that, that combination of notes and everything was 
Right. Awesome. Chef's kiss. It's a really weird um, time signature. Um, it's five four. Yeah. So, oh, okay, cool. Beethoven. <laughs> I watched the whole video on it this morning. <laughs> I just mazgoved you, bro. Shut up. I'm never coming on this pod again. <laughs> you will. Don't don't lie. Um, so, yeah, I think uh, I, and I love, uh, I have Halloween on DVD. That's one that I don't know if I want to actually upgrade to Blu-ray because I like the old quality of it, just how it mm-hmm. looks. I Yeah, overall, great. Love it. So, I, and I think, mm-hmm. again, impactful for years to come. So, he's an icon. So that uh that concludes our Mount Rushmore. So just to uh, just to recap, Dan had moving backwards here, hereditary mm-hmm. on on a pivot at the last minute. <laughs> <laughs> had to draw a different play, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he audible right there. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, the fly, Psycho, and Texas Chainsaw, and I came at you with Get Out, Bride of Frankenstein, Blair Witch Project, and Halloween. So I think eight incredible movies right there. Mm-hmm. So, um, but before we go, because I don't know about you, but I have a few movies that I just really wanted to put on this list. I kept putting, that there's I a whole, couldn't. I've got a whole list over here of like 10 movies. Oh, yeah. like, oh man. Yeah. So cool. do, um, two honorable mentions, like two that were really close for you that you maybe cut, um, just for various reasons, or do you just preferred other ones? The first one um, that I, well, Halloween was on there, but we mm-hmm. just discussed it. So I think yeah. one of them was Night of the Living Dead. Okay. Um, you know, and just to hit on it briefly, probably the first and most well-known zombie movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, you don't, you don't think zombies nowadays without thinking George A. Romero, you know, to this day. I do because I haven't seen it, but. Oh, God. mm, mm, mm. But also, um, it just. God, it's just such a good movie. You need to watch it. Yeah. Okay. Um, Put it on my list. You know, and also, I think important because it makes. It's another one of those with some sneaky social commentary in Mm -hmm. it, in which. you know, I think people actually told he the the main character is a, a black man, and I think people actually told him it's like it, you can't do that or you shouldn't do that, and he did it anyway, and then used it to his advantage to to make a point um, mm-hmm. with the climax. Uh, and it, I'm not going to spoil it for you, but uh, thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> um, I had I had two that I was like really really close to keeping. Um, Actually, three, but we talked about one, Psycho. Um, so I won't add that on there. But uh, Scream, as I sit here mm-hmm. in a uh, ghost face costume that I just purchased for my local spirit Halloween. Um, yeah, he's been wearing it the whole pod. So 47 minutes and 14 seconds. He's it's really warm. <laughs> There's a reason why people wear these in October, not mm-hmm. August. Mm-hmm. But anyways, um, yeah, I think Scream, I, I ended up not including it because it's still in that slasher franchise. And it's kind of like mm-hmm. the tail end of, or not franchise, but that, I guess, subgenre. Um, and as much as I love it and really like the Scream movies, um, I feel like it does a lot of the same things as, you know, Halloween and, you know, 
Friday the 13th. The only thing I think Mm -hmm. it really added and why I almost put it on there was just how self-aware it was, you know, just kind of talked about some of the tropes that kind of pop up in some of those Mm -hmm. classic horror movies, like scream made fun of them and then also embraced it at the same time and did it super, super well. So, um, that one was up there, up Mm -hmm. there for me. Um, and then my last one that I really had a hard time keeping off was jaws. Uh, which I thought about say, that one. I did. Yeah. I did think about that one. Yeah. And I if mean, you want to count it horror, that's probably the first one I ever saw. I think, I, I mean, I think it does categorize itself as a horror movie. Um, I know I kind of mentioned it earlier, but um, you know, it does a great job of you not seeing the, the evil, you know, it's an unknown mm-hmm. evil. And some of that is because of, you know, issues with production. So they actually couldn't show the shark more than they did, mm-hmm. but, but that's beside the point. Um, I you love know, that stuff. I love those little behind the scenes things. Like, yes. And there's know? so much for that one. Like Jaws. I, that one's specific for all of these, but that one is, a is yeah. essentially with movies that are that historically important. There's mm-hmm. all kinds of little tidbits about production that like ended up, Oh, we couldn't do that. Well, that actually ended up making it a very good movie. Right. Right. Yeah. People like it because of it. It's kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, also credited as the first uh, summer blockbuster. So mm-hmm. just kind of a game changer mm-hmm. for movies as a whole. So mm-hmm. um, any other any other ones that you were like, dang, really close? I won't I won't discuss them, but I'll just okay. go. I was making a list as we went okay. here. Um, Mandy. Um, you're looking at me crazy here. Yeah. I don't, what the hell is that? Well, uh, it's a movie. Um, <laughs> Nicholas Cage. Oh, okay, cool. I don't, you you just have to watch. I'm not even going to try to explain it because it's so okay. ridiculous. But it's basically like a revenge tale, okay. so to speak. And Nicholas Cage is vintage Nicholas Cage in it. See, I told you you were going to know some movies I'd never heard of before. You and that Shutter subscription, bro. Yeah. Well, I, that's one I own. I love, like you said, like physical media. Um, mm-hmm. It, mm-hmm. both the new one and the, the miniseries, Exorcist, mm-hmm. Evil Dead, yep. um, some J-Horror, um, Ring, Juan, mm-hmm. Deep Water, or Dark Water, my bad. Um, the Shining. Yeah. Suspiria. Like, it's, I yeah. just went, I, I just, I've seen so Let's many. Let's just name every, every horror movie ever. Yeah, we'll just stop there because I, I'll just keep yeah. going. But no, no, you, I mean, but you can, you know, and that's kind of mm-hmm. what we talked about, right? Is like there's so many, uh, so many great, great, great movies out there, and it's it really is hard to choose for. Um, so, but I think we both did well. You know, I'm glad that uh, I'm glad we had some solid conversation about um, some great horror stuff, and and I had mm-hmm. a good time. So. Mm-hmm. Um, that's all I've got for today, everybody. I appreciate all of you guys listening in. Again, please uh, like, subscribe, all that kind of good stuff. Um, stay tuned. Um, yeah, it should be on here still every other week. So who knows? We'll be on here next time. I don't know. I've stopped planning as far ahead now because I just... Mike asked me last night via Call of Duty chat. <laughs> True, true statement. Well, look how it turned out. We had a great time. Yeah, you know? I, I, I think it went really well. It's just, yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, let's do this thing. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. Awesome. Well, Dan, thanks for coming on, dude. And again, appreciate all you guys for tuning in. And until next time. Peace.